This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello, everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Well, I tell you what, the hurricane missed us, sort of. Oh, I'm so glad. Ish. It kind of... Hell, I was so worried. But no flooding here, although the rest of our state, man, there are people really mm-hmm. suffering. We still have whole cities that you really can't get into except by helicopter. Yeah, so if you're listening in this in, in more or less real time, please pray for eastern North Carolina uh, because we've got major interstates are still shut down for flooding we've got whole cities that are cut off like the city of wilmington down by the coast um there has been there's been some major damage from the flooding not so much from the wind but just the rain 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 and so but we were spared here in our in our locality and that was good we weren't guaranteed that at all yeah such a relief we're getting uh, geared up for some events this fall Speaking of hurricanes, let's talk about Florida. We well, well. Before we get there, let's yes. talk about we have one more place left mm-hmm. in Come Away Weekend, our marriage retreat for for couples. It's like a marriage retreat couples getaway. Yeah, and that is going coming up in October in mm-hmm. leaf season in Western North Carolina in the mountains. October nineteenth through twenty first, and it's gonna be beautiful out there that's a wonderful place gorgeous location and uh yes if you want to grab that last couple's place that's there you need to come out to our website at raisingrealmen.com slash come away autumn is that correct yes all one word all one word we're mm-hmm. also going to be speaking at the two to one blogging conference in october okay that's in herndon virginia and at the fpea special needs conference for gifted and struggling learners yes and now that is going to be november 16th and 17th at the uh, Rosen Shingle Creek Resort in Orlando, and yeah. we've been there before, and that was a that was a great conference. That was a good weekend. Yeah, so we look forward to seeing you guys. Please come up and tell us your podcast listeners if you see us at one of these conferences. Mm-hmm. We would love to meet you. It's always great to hear you to meet you there. Yeah, and it's not too late either to schedule if you want us to stop and speak to your church if you're in in virginia or georgia mm-hmm. on the way to one of these events get in touch with us right away and we can probably do that yep okay now mm-hmm. today hal we're going to talk about something that's really practical it's practical in our own home uh oh yeah real life you know somebody okay. i remember george will when george will started got his first syndicated column he was saying how am i going to find enough to write about and one of the well-established older columnists said you are guaranteed to find two things that are going to tick you off every week you just write about those <laughs> Well, okay, what happened this week, dear? So, here we are. What happened? Yesterday, I spent a couple of hours on the phone Mm -hmm. with a dear friend doing some pretty intense counseling, Mm -hmm. but by the time, I was worn out by the time we got off the phone. Okay. And the children were at each other's throats, and it was stupid stuff, and that just really gets me, and I was losing it. I just looked at how how I'm done peopling. I was ready to crawl (laughs) into a cave. Um, yeah, I'm kind of an introvert yep. by nature, and I was I was just and I had to remind myself. I remember getting up and going to the bathroom and being so outdone with them, mm-hmm. and then I thought, "Hang on a minute, you know how to deal with this, Melanie? Get a grip." Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about how do you deal with it? How do you deal with the bickering, with the sibling rivalry, with the yin yin yes? How do you keep your home a place of peace uh-huh. and not want to snatch your children bald headed? Oh, that is very practical. 
And yes. it's very biblical, too. Because so. bald-headed children are not attractive. Uh, well, no, that wasn't where I was going with that. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, this that is a biblical thing because, you know, when the Scripture talks well, about... Well, unless God made them bald-headed. Okay, let, let's leave the hair to one side here. <laughs> okay. You know, the point I was trying to make was that, that the Bible talks about family relationships as if they should be the example of other things, like spiritual relationships, like relationships within the church, that... There's an expectation that brothers behave in a brotherly manner, that there is a, a love between siblings. There's a love of a parent for children and a respect of children for their parents and all that. That that should just be a given. Yes. It assumes that family life is kind of the example for the rest of the world. Well, I mean, what does Paul say in Ephesians? That the relationship of husband and wife is meant to be an illustration of the relationship of Christ with his church. Yes. And wow, how easy is that? How often do, do we fall down on that, you know, to say, well, somehow I don't think Jesus came in and kicked his shoes off and sat down and, and, and just refused to talk to anybody for an hour. I mean, yeah, it just, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, well, but, you know, Peter said, <clears throat> Peter said in First Peter 3, mm-hmm. finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, mm-hmm. brotherly love, mm-hmm. a tender heart and humble mind. And yet, so often we look at our kids, they're not examples of brotherly love. There's not, there's not a, uh, yeah, tenderness and uh, hum- humility or any of the other of that going That's on. because we're sinners. <clears throat> yes, okay. And we've got to, we've got to teach our kids how they're supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. And we've got to help them do right. We've got to hold them accountable when they don't. Well, okay, now right up, right there, that opens up a bunch of things. So first off, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. We are sinners, all of us. We are, I mean, some of us are redeemed sinners, and some of us maybe aren't there yet, but we are, we are sinners who are saved by grace, and we still struggle. Mom and dad struggle, and our kids struggle probably even worse. And so on the one hand, we can't, we can't get too down in the dumps to say, Everybody's not perfect because, no, they are not perfect. You shouldn't expect them to be even close to perfect yet. But okay. we should be aiming at mm-hmm. yes. living like believers, like in Second Corinthians 13. Okay. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Mm-hmm. Aim for restoration. Mm-hmm. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. Right. And the God of love and peace will be with you. you know, we, That's what we should be striving for. We ought to live like children of the great king. Mm-hmm. And so how do we do that? You know, I I remember, I think part of it is Mm -hmm. you've got to establish a healthy family culture. You should have Mm -hmm. a family culture of kindness and encouragement and peace. Well, that's a whole lot easier said than done. Well, you know, I had this conversation with two of our young people the other day. I mean, we just, we said, okay, you two come here, sit down, let me talk to you. And that's one of the things that I find myself saying frequently to them is, you know what? You make a decision in your interaction. Are you going to build unity? Are you building love? Are you building for peace in the family? Or are you tearing away at it? Now I'm going to say something that stings. What's that? If you're looking at your kids Mm -hmm. and they're smart mouth and they're sarcastic. Yeah. And they're bitter. I want you to think about the story. Okay. Years ago, our kids had friends 
super nice family. I love the mama. We were good friends. But these kids were so sharp-tongued. They were just really, really sarcastic, biting sarcasm. Cynical, ironic. Yes. and Just and, nasty. And it was very unattractive. Yeah. And I really, I, I wondered how much time our kids should be spending with these other kids. I didn't want our kids to catch it. No. Well, I had a chance after a while to spend some time in their home. Mm-hmm. How? Yeah. The parents were worse than the kids. Well... I remember seeing somebody sharing a cartoon years and years and years ago of a little a little boy comes in and he's he makes some snappy remark with a really blistering word in the middle of it and mama marches him off to the bathroom to wash his mouth out with soap and she comes back and dad's just shaking his head and he says, Well, I don't know where the little blankety blank hears that kind of language. Oh. And, you know, we've got to be careful with that because particularly as homeschoolers Aren't we really the ones who are socializing our kids? You know, on one thing, sometimes, you know, they bring things home, they catch it from their peer group on at school, on the playground, on the school bus or whatever. But we're not putting our kids on the school bus. They're not out on the playground. They are they are at home being discipled at home. And they can still get bad attitudes from friends in the homeschool group or friends at church or mm-hmm. what they're watching on Netflix, you know? Uh, okay, yes. But... So often, I hear my children say something that really turns me off, uh-huh. and I realize they heard it from me first. And, and even Ouch. if it's not even if it's not a matter of vocabulary, but a matter of attitude. Yes. You know. And so we've got yeah. to set the right pace and the right tone in our house with in our house with our own mouths. You know. Well, how often do we counsel with people who's Particularly, we hear from wives who say, I just, my children don't respect me. My children speak roughly to me. My children are, are nasty and mean and, and unkind to me. And then as we get to know them better, we realize because that's the pattern that dad set. Because yeah. dad has been speaking that way to his wife. And so the kids, and just, so the kids just pick it up. Or the, hu- the wife is always criticizing the husband and mm-hmm. speaking disrespectfully to him. So the kids do the same thing. And, you know, mm. that's just, it's awful. And that's and bad on multiple levels. And it's yeah. so hard, though, to guard your tongue in this way. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we're going to motivate our kids with our anger, although the Word of God tells us, you know, the, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It's not going to work. So that's not going to work. And, yeah. you know, we say things in front of our kids sometimes without even listening. Like, I hear people so often mm-hmm. say in front of their kids, oh, I can't believe you have so many children. Mm-hmm. Mind are driving me crazy. I would never if I I had somebody tell me I'd shoot myself if I if I had eight kids, and I thought, well, you know, what message did you just give your children? Particularly the youngest one. You gave your the message to your children that they are an unbearable burden. Yeah, that death is preferable to more kids. Wow. You gave your kids the message that they are not a value, that they're not a gift. Mm-hmm. And you know, people have always been really surprised that our kids won't. Have have enjoy have appreciated us having more children, but I think when you treat your children as blessings, as gifts from the Lord, every one of them, and you watch your tongue and don't just make these throwaway comments, then mm-hmm. it's easier for the kids to see each other as blessings. Yeah, um, well, okay, that's it. You know, so much of what our children learn is is what we've taught them either by 
you know, explicit example, I mean, explicit teaching or just by observation, you know, yes. and, and that's, that's, you know what, there is a good reason where if mom and dad have a dis- disagreement, they need to take it back behind closed doors. Or, or if, if they're mm-hmm. able to mm-hmm. discuss it respectfully together, not yelling and retributions and ugliness. Right. Right. And so, yeah. Because it's I mean, healthy for kids to see you disagree in a healthy way. Yeah, and if you can disagree in a healthy way, then certainly, yes. And if you, you can't, get in the car and go and right. take right. it away from the kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. So part of the healthy culture is mm-hmm. the tone we parents set. Okay. That we've got to set a tone. But also we've got to require a healthy family culture among our kids. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Well, okay. I think one of the important things we have a we have a few ground rules in our in our own home about this. We've always had these, and it really it it I think it sets a tone that has has helped a lot. Things, for example, we do not allow name calling at all at all ever. You you know what? The only nicknames that are allowed are the ones that the recipient has allowed yes you know if you let your if your name is um if your name is edward and you don't mind your family calling you eddie okay but if you always want to go by edward then eddie is kind of a taunt that's not a you know that's not a welcome nickname and we wouldn't allow it yeah okay so that's one of our ground rules is no names are important and you're not gonna call each other names and you know what we still have to remind them that's oh, something constantly. we just have to. I mean, this has been a rule in our house for 28 years. But people get, I mean, people get angry. They lose their temper yeah. with each other, and and they they will call each other by a character trait or something, which yes. we would count the same way and said, "No, you don't call them names, okay?" And have to remind them that's all right. Yeah. Another thing mm-hmm. is not to allow pesting or or bullying. Okay, bullying. We all understand bullying, right? That's when you use your your advantage of size or strength or age or cleverness of some sort and you use it in a way to persecute somebody to persecute somebody else to take advantage of somebody else's less lessness in that now pestering is kind of the other side of that that's where you use your weakness or your youth you're you're the baby of the family so you can get away with pesting 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 your older sibling till they do something gets them in trouble and yeah, and then typically, how does that play? Uh, then, then when you house. get the when they take the bait, then then you run and squall to mama, and, and say, yeah. they're picking on me, and and then you yeah, that's you how know, that game gets. Played. Now you want to get rid of that? Let me tell you. Yeah. If someone provokes someone else to sin, mm-hmm. punish the sinner and the provoker with the same punishment. Oh, that cures that flat. Oh, okay. So if so if big brother gets little brother to climb up and take some cookies off the tray. They um, both get equal they punishment. They both get punished. Okay, yeah, and that works. That helps. Um, all right. What? And I think that it ultimately comes down to how to recognizing that bickering and discord among our siblings is sin. Okay, there, there's a passage in, in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 6 that says that there are six things that the Lord hates and seven which he cannot stand, which are an abomination to him. And then he lists it. That, do we have that text over there? Yeah. That, There's that? six things the Lord hates, okay. just seven are an abomination to him. Mm-hmm. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, 
a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. All these things that none of us would argue with. Lying yeah. and bloodshed. Conspiracy. And all this and stuff. Of, yeah. But one of the things that the Lord hates is one who sows discord, who causes trouble among brothers. And, you know, so we've taken that very seriously that we're not going to allow it. Now, after the after this break where we thank our sponsor, where you hear a little bit of our sponsor, I want to <laughs> talk about this in more detail. What do you do then? How do you handle it? How do you build regard for each other? Mm, that is good and that is practical. Okay, we'll be right back. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Have you ever been stuck on how to bring your lessons to life? I discovered KiwiCo monthly subscriptions of hands-on projects that make learning fun. Their core offering is projects that make learning about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math accessible and are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning. Some recent favorites are the Slime Lab, Physics Carnival, and Paper Circuits. Kiwi Crate was founded by engineer and mom of three, Sandra Olin, and her deep desire to raise kids with the creative confidence needed to become the next generation of remember years ago being in an ICU waiting room. Okay. And an extended family had come to be there with us. And when they got ready to go, one of their children turned to me and said, I wish my brother and I loved each other like your kids love you, love each other. Oh, wow. And it really rocked me because this was a child speaking. Wow. And the child noticed that, and I thought, man, we are so blessed. But it's not something that just falls down on your house. Yeah, and it's not because we have kids that have uniquely sweet tempers or anything. I mean, it's... <laughs> Certainly not. Um, no, our kids are normal. They've got hormones. They are they are full of energy, and, and they, have, they have their disagreements and whatnot. And we have to... Yeah. We have to train, and sometimes we have to discipline or correct, but it's worth the effort, and it's one of those things where if you just embrace that and say, we are going to be training them in this kind of behavior, we're going to be working to instill this culture, it's not something that you're going to put up a checklist and it's done. Well, good, I'm glad we've done that now, yeah. but rather something that's going to, it's going to be part of your family culture is the training aspect of it. Yeah. And, you so know, how, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Well, to some extent, there's going to be some discipline. You yeah. mm -hmm. cannot speak that way to your brother or sister. You know, you let's talk about your tone of voice. Can you say that the right way? You know, some of it is going to be disciplinary. I remember two of our kids just got into it constantly. 
And at one point, I put a string or bungee cord or something between two belt loops on each of their jeans. Yeah. And told them they had to leave it attached all day. And so they were tied together. So if one went to the bathroom, the other one had to stand outside the door. You know, and wherever they went, they had to go together. And they worked pretty well. They they got way madder at me than they were at each other. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. And, that worked. and how old were they at that time? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Maybe 10. 12 and... 12 and 9 or 12 and 10. So you're not talking about, you know, no. young adults at that point. You're no. talking about older kids. And, and you know, the interesting thing is, though, that those two are, they're single adults now, and they they share a house. Okay, yeah. And they chose to do that. Right. You know, and so there's hope, y'all. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things that are interesting. We've been, in our family devotions, we've been reading through First Peter. And there's a couple of passages that just kind of caught my attention here. You know, one of them is in uh, um, in First Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. He says, finally, all of you. Now, he's talking to the family of believers, okay, the, the church. But, you know, the church family can be an example to the, to the nuclear family as well. And he says, finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another love as brothers. Whoop, there's an example. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. You know, and that's something right there which I was looking at that and I thought, now, you know, we would think of courtesy as just a matter of being polite to one another. And here it is in scripture. The scripture is saying basically be polite. Okay, now that sometimes I think particularly boys and sometimes men look at the idea of manners and etiquette and say Ah, that's kind of sissy stuff. That's sort of soft. It's, you know, it's it's highfalutin type of, you know, it's not. But honest to goodness, if the scriptures say that we need to be courteous to one another, then that means that is virtue. Yeah. That's something that we need to exert our strength and our courage and our moral integrity into saying, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to, I don't want to be inconsiderate. You know, I don't want to be self-motivated, but rather to look for other people's concerns and say, I want to make them comfortable. Now, you mentioned boys may not see the value of that so much. We need to praise our boys, particularly when they exhibit courtesy. You know, boys crave respect like the men they're going to become. And it means a lot when you say, look, you're really behaving like a gentleman. I appreciate the courtesy that you showed. I appreciate how polite you were. Well, I tell you what, you one know, of the put things... your arm around your daughter and say, you know, you were so polite to your little sister when she really wasn't. And you know what? If if they have any problem, any pushback on that, you can give me an example of men like George Washington, Robert E. Lee, um, Theodore Roosevelt. These were men who could lead thousands of men into battle. And they would follow them willingly. And they inspired incredible devotion, incredible respect, and they were all known for having impeccable manners. Well, George known... Washington had rules for living. Yeah, you know? but I mean, it, that, that's, that's something everybody said. Their manners were just perfect. They were the most gracious men in society that you could possibly imagine. I, I think one of the problems is that it's easy for kids, particularly mm-hmm. in smaller families, I think, to see each other as competition instead of the same team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that you explicitly tell, explain to your kids again and again, mm-hmm. look, you need to understand something. You're on the same team. Yeah, We're battling for the Lord here. Your mm-hmm. enemy is not in this house. Your enemy is out there. Mm-hmm. And for our guys that help to say, okay, yeah. 
Think about your football team. Mm-hmm. What would happen if all those guys are lined up on the line, mm-hmm. and when the ball snapped, if they turned and and tackled the guy next to them? Or what if the linemen don't have any respect for the backfield, and they said, I'm not going to stand up and block for that quarterback. He can take care of himself. Yep. Is the team going to win? No. No. No, they might get the satisfaction, the sinful satisfaction of watching the quarterback get clobbered, but the team's not going to win. So we explained to them they're on the, the, they're on the same team. And one yeah. way to encourage that mm-hmm. is kind of goofy, silly ways. Have family words that you use. Mm-hmm. You know, explain your family heritage. Sometimes have hats or clothes that you all wear or things that you do the, and, and you talk about oh look this is something our family does this is special you, know, you want to build up a sense of family a sense <laughs> of of this is a team mm-hmm. you know help, make sure they understand what your family is trying to accomplish mm-hmm. you yeah. know look you know we're put here to glorify god our mission today you know we promise to serve at church right so all of us have got a job in this mm-hmm but make sure they see each other as a team. Yeah, you know, part mm-hmm. of that too, I think, Hal, is, you know, Romans twelve, where it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another." Mm-hmm. I think encouraging them to share each other's emotions. Hey, look, this child won a prize. Let's all rejoice. Let's celebrate because this is a win for our family. And on the flip side, on the negative side of that is, we're not going to make fun of those who have who have stumbled. No, yeah, we're, we're not going to put gonna, our arms around not, him and comfort him. We're not going to exalt over it. We're like, I win and you lose. You know, we're yeah. not going to have that kind of an attitude. And, and you know, here's another one, too. This is another one that kind of came up in uh, in devotions more recently in First uh, Peter chapter 4. Uh, in fact, we were just talking about this, I think, uh, today, that he's talking about Christians should not be offensive on their own account. You know the God, the gospel is going to be offensive in the in the eyes of the world that doesn't want to believe, but don't let it be because Christians are jerks, and and so he says N- don't let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, an evildoer. Okay, now that makes sense, right? You don't want Christians to be known as murderers and thieves and evildoers, right? Yeah. Or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yeah. Which you think. God's bundling these things together, saying, you know, don't be these gross, sinful, criminal type of mal- malefactors. And by the way, don't be a nosy parker and a busybody. Don't don't yeah. don't mess in other people's stuff. Don't be a gossip monger. And we have to do that with our kids sometimes, you know. That yeah. One of the things that we adopted early on, and, I, and man, this is one of those rules. We're so glad we did it. If we ever have to discipline a child, we make it a private affair. You know, we take them off someplace separately and deal with them separately rather than out where other people can see them and maybe make fun of them. And I've always found that that has been a very effective thing because it really gets the discipline down to its purpose. This is to teach you. This is to correct your behavior. This is not to hold you up for for mockery or or for derision, but rather this is something to help you grow in character. And, you know, and I think that I think that that sometimes we have to step into conversations and say, "Look, I needed to I needed to send that word to your sister, not to you. This is not your affair. Do not mix yourself up into this." Yeah. And so, you know, that's another thing that that will help to encourage family unity if you if you discourage the disunity. Yes, and and another thing that builds family unity mm-hmm. is to make memories together. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, one great way to deal with two particular kids that are bickering all the time Mm -hmm. is to find something that the two of them badly want to do Mm -hmm. and set them doing it. You know, that might be make cookies. It might be work on a project. It Mm -hmm. might be some building thing they've wanted Mm -hmm. to do and you give them the supplies. Or maybe the two of them wanted to go to a movie on opening night. Yeah. And send the two of them together. Yeah. Doing things together Mm -hmm. and building memories ties bonds together you got to think about how do you make friends oh you make friends because you you have shared experiences shared interests you do things together yeah and so we can encourage that same thing among our kids and what you need to see is the payoff because see we have a bunch of adult kids now right and it blesses me so much to see one of them say Mom, do you mind if I come home for vacation a couple of days late? I want to go spend some time with my brother. Yeah, honey, go ahead and do that. Yeah, that is you so know? awesome, yes. And, and to see them, one of them will call and say, Mom, I'm, I'm worried about my brother. Mm-hmm. I know he's really struggling, struggling financially. Can you transfer a couple of hundred dollars from my account into his? You know, to mm-hmm. see the regard for each other, the desire to be together, to spend time together. Yeah. You know, that... As we tell our kids, one day we'll be gone. And the their brothers and sisters are the only ones that will remember the happy days they had growing up. That is so powerful. And and I think you know, I think we can say here too, um, this is not teaching our kids to have the attitude of my family right or wrong. No. And I and I guarantee you our adult kids will confront one another when they see sin, when they see an yes. issue that needs to be changed or yeah. some a behavior. I mean, they do. But again, that's something that we train by, largely by our example. How do we confront them when they need to make a change? How, how do you confront a brother, whether it's a brother in the church or it's a brother in your family, in in respect and in love rather than in a sense of, I got you, and now I'm going to nail you. Yeah, there's got to be, we've got to encourage a, a love and regard for one another, and that comes both po- positively and negatively. Yeah. It comes through discipline, but it also comes through example and encur- building memories together mm-hmm. and encouraging them to do things together. Mm-hmm. And the rewards are just unbelievably huge. We're going to talk another during one of the other podcasts about you building a relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. Because when you build a relationship with your kids, it'll make them less competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. But, gosh, so much more we could say. But one thing I wanted to read before we finish out, Romans 15, 5 mm-hmm. and 6. Mm-hmm. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice... Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great conclusion. What that's the conclusion of his letter to the Romans. You know, yeah. what a great thing to think about in your own family to to build toward that. Recognizing you've got diamonds in the rough. You've got all of these kids who need to be trained up and discipled and they need to learn to behave and to carry themselves in this way. And they don't come all ready to go. No. Uh, so it's something that's gonna be a, a major long time ongoing process and yet the investment is so worth it and we're starting to see the fruit and the results of that now in our adult kids well we very much are and sometimes i want to quit hal 
It's honest, but the Word of God tells us that we will reap. In due season, we will reap if we faint not. Mm-hmm. And so we can't quit. Mm-hmm. We just have to keep on keeping on, and the rewards are enormous. Well, well, look, we are out of time, so let's kind of wrap things up here. But that is that's such good advice, and uh, we hope you'll find some encouragement in that and uh, maybe be able to make, invest in building some unity in your family this week. Um, I want to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Lots of times this is the biggest issue when you get that 9 to 12 or 13. They've got some hormones, although you may not have seen any physical changes, and they're getting hard to live with. Mm-hmm. You go out there and take a look at our book, No Longer Little. Go to nolongerlittle.com. I think it'll be a huge help to you. I think so, too. And there's a lot of reviews out there from other people that are finding it very helpful already. Um Look, if you want to come alongside of us and here and be part of our team and our, our support team, come out to Patreon. That's where our, our ongoing donors uh, put their uh, put their money into the support. It's at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Hal and Melanie, just our first names. And uh, that we would love to have you on our team there. You know, you can hear this podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, but you can also find it on iTunes. You can get it on the Android uh, Play Store, the Google Play Store, and you can get it on iHeartRadio now. Yes, and go out and review us so other people can find us. We would love to have you. Thank you, guys. We will talk to you another week. Okay, and so thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Hal. I'm Melanie. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.